Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 13th of August, 2015. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Uh, Dave, you're back in Whistler again, are you? I, I am, yeah. And you know what? I will be next week as well. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, <laughs> wish I was. Broadcasting from Toronto. Dave's broadcasting from Whistler, British Columbia. And it was a uh, – it's actually been uh, 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 well, I don't even have the word for it. Probably the biggest week in uh, – one of the biggest weeks in Google history. Um Right up there with uh, the week about 10 years ago or 11 years ago where they decided to go IPO. Yeah. Google yeah. has completely reorganized itself. It is now, well, it is now owned, I guess, by a holding company called Alphabet. Um, Google's, um, Google's divided itself in half. Well, that'll put you in the mood. Okay, so <laughs> Google's uh, broken itself up into uh, into basically two divisions underneath the umbrella of uh, Alphabet, which is uh, ABC dot XYZ. That's kind of cool. Something else we got to talk about is the, is the use of the new top level domain XYZ mm-hmm. or dot XYZ. <coughs> this is a little bit to go through. Um, Google Incorporated is going to retain Google Maps, Google Search, uh, YouTube, um, Chrome, and Android, but a whole bunch of what else is Google? Google X, the driverless cars, um, Nest, and other future experiments that Google does outside of the search world, that's going to be run under a different company um, called, called, well, Alphabet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hard to explain, but Google has basically broken itself up quite possibly ahead of um, antitrust regulations from Europe. (laughs) Big deal. Larry is no longer CEO of Google Incorporated. He'll now be running Alphabet as the CEO with uh, his co-founder of Google, Sergey Brin, as president. Taking over is uh, Sundar Pichai, as uh, CEO of Google, um, <laughs> again, it's just such a huge shakeup in what was Google Incorporated. Yeah, well, and it makes you know what it makes a lot of sense um, when we look at you know why would you why would Google do this? 
I mean, that's that's you know, a question that's being answered all over the place. I you know had to had to look it up. Makes you know the the answers, and I've seen. Of course, you know, there's a variety of different answers to the to the same question. I think it's a good move. Um, one of the cores of it. And it's it's the perfectly logical one. They're just going to be doing a swap share to share, like anybody who owns a Google share now owns um, an Alphabet share, or, or will own, you know through the transition will get an Alphabet yep. share, which they can then move around. Makes perfect sense to me. They're being eyeballed a lot, um, and really unable to answer the question, and, and have been able, unable to answer the question. Um, you know what is Google worth? Really, like in isolation. What is Google worth? And, of course, investors are looking, going, you're losing money over here. You're gaining money over here. We don't know how much money we could be having. Right? Like, we don't know. We've invested in Google, but you're you know, building cars. Right? Like, investors are, are a little shaky on it, and rightfully so. We don't want you spending. You know, we're investing in this specific thing. We don't necessarily want it over there. Um, this gives them the opportunity to, A, report separately. So Google will now have to report in and of itself, Google being, you know, Google search, maps, um, you know, YouTube, those those core properties, um, which is what investors are, are really investing in, whereas Alphabet will be everything, like a Venn diagram. All things that are Google will fit in Alphabet, but not all things that are Alphabet will be Google. Um, <laughs> I, I think from an investment standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. It'll give people that opportunity and comfort level to see what Google's doing. Uh, like as an investor who'd be putting millions of dollars in, for example, that's not me, by the way. But if you were an investor <laughs> putting that kind of money in, you know, it, it gives you that comfort level. And let's be honest. I mean, you know it. I know it. It is right now in, in really good hands to take it in a, in a really like Sundar is outstanding, outstanding mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they they put that in good hands. You know, what? And, and through all this reorganization, I mean, you know, Eric going over and stuff. We've got we've got the investor side that makes sense. Heck, share prices went up six percent, so obviously investors are happy about all of this. Um, you know, I I have to wonder though, out of all this, like yes, it's a good financial decision for them. Yes, it'll make them a lot more transparent to investors. Yes, there's going to be some protections there for certain Google entities over other Google entities in places where they might be having antitrust concerns. Um, that may not impact all all of the things, um, but I have to wonder. After so many years, is there part of it now of of Sergey and Larry and, and Eric sort of going, "All right, Sundar, you know, you're you're shot at this. We want to go play over here now, right? Like, you know, we're we're we've been doing this a long time, and we've been answering investor questions on this for a long time. Tag, you're it. We're going to go build rockets now. <laughs> like, well. I think there's I think there's an element of that of, of that, Dave. Um I'm not so sure this was as much an investor move as it was a move again to stave off um what was likely to be an ordered breakup of the company by uh European antitrust regulators. But the last thing you said, you know, where the uh the two founders and the, the adults in the room, Eric Schmidt, um need to move off to different challenges, I think there's a good validity in that. Um Larry Page took over about 18 months, maybe two, 24 months ago from uh, Eric Schmidt as CEO of Google and immediately put his stamp on Google. The rise, the rise and, you know, um, subsequent failure of Google Plus is a great example. Google changed from being a friendly, fun place to work to being a warring department meritocracy, you know? Yeah. Um, you got you get rewarded with cycle time by outwitting um, outwitting corporate opponents who really should be your allies. In that, I th- I it almost felt like Google was becoming kind of stupid and division uh, divided by divisions like Yahoo had become. 
And I think that the breakup of the company was an excellent opportunity to move the founders, Larry and Sergey, to areas where they're really great, innovating, inventing, coming up with new ideas, changing the world like they want to, while preventing them from completely tanking the main vehicle, <laughs> Google.com. Right. Something needs to pay the bills. Well, yeah. And Google.com is a veritable cash cow, um, $60 billion in profits a year. It's a veritable cash cow. But come on. I mean, over the last year, Google has, has sort of lost its luster. And, you know, look at the problems the search division is having. Yeah. Problems with, uh, with Panda and Penguin, which, you know, we've been on and on about show after show after show. And uh, it just Google feels like it's lost its cool. I think this is a way to get it back again and um, to allow the experimental side of Google, the venture capital side of Google, um, the X-Lab side of Google to really shine now that it's all, sort of off on its own. Right, really give it a, ch- a chance to be what it can be and, and not be viewed as this side project. Yeah, uh, of Google.com, which you know, and and there is a lot of a lot of merit to what you're saying there, and, and it, it does make a lot. Of, at the end of the day, I mean, we're all going to watch. I know I'm going to be watching with incredible interest. I, I know you're going to be watching with the with the same interest I am, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are as well. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do push into. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Alphabet actually becomes over uh, over the next year to two years. Um, and well, do absolutely. They start one interesting thing they pushed into, which kind of relates to what parts of the alphabet will become, is the use of the new top-level domain, X, .xyz. Or, yeah, I was about to say .xyz.com. <laughs> .xyz as a new top-level domain. What do you think that means to the, uh, to the I don't know, the current regime we have now? We have all the, all the new TDLs that have been, uh, or TLDs that have been released. Yep. Cost uh, 250 grand to create your own. What do you think is going to happen now? You know, I don't um, run off and buy wax of them. I'll, I'll be honest. I bought that one. <laughs> like, I, I did. I, I own Beanstalk.xyz, right? Like, I do. Um, so, you know, there's, there was funny. It was uh, Mary had mentioned. Uh, well, you know, Mary. Um, anyway, I had mentioned while we were, uh, I was chatting, and, I, you know, I'm on GoDaddy, and I, I'm going to pick up XYZ. And she's like, do you think Google in this alphabet thing might have, purchased GoDaddy in there, brought it in, and <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, the, the registrars are just making a killing off this right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, although, I mean Google itself is a registrar, so... Yeah, um, they sell an XYZ. <laughs> I'm not sure if they are or aren't. Although, I remember Google was opening up its domain domain registry to outsiders. Yes. Uh, we reported on that, what, six, seven months ago. Haven't actually looked at that for about six or seven months, but... Um, <laughs> That was out there. So um, I think guys like us, well, t- take Bill Hartzer. He must be over the moon with this. Oh, yeah. As we know, Bill's investing in uh, in many of the new uh, TLDs. And he's also come up with uh, with a technology that will, you know, show you the Provence of your, of your, um, of your domain. Mm-hmm. So any expansion of the domain system into new top-level domains has got to be good for, for Bill and for tools like the, like the one Bill came up with. So I think, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot more winners here than losers, but it will, I, I think, change the, uh, the landscape of the web. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. 
for sure. Um, I, 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 I think this is all going to be very, very interesting. It's going to be a really, really interesting thing to watch. Do I think XYZ is going to tear off? Doubtful. Like, I'll be honest. Like, if I'm, if I'm picking, you know, TLDs are going to really rock it. I don't think XYZ is going to be the one. Obviously enough for me to buy it. But, uh, you know, I bought it because it's 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and just, you know, uh, like you, you know, there's times I just buy domains to make sure somebody else can't have it. Yeah. Right? So that's the only reason to own it. So, but I, I wouldn't buy them all. But uh, more, more news, I, I guess, jumping off. Uh, yeah. You know what? It, it happened just after, um, well, not just after, the, the day after our show uh, last week. Google, uh, seven pack, three pack, snack packs, map packs. We've gone from seven to three. What, what do you think in the uh, in the map results? Um, we're no longer showing the the full seven. We're now showing the uh, you know in, in most queries you're now just seeing three uh, three results in the map. Um, some of the data has been stripped out, which I think is great for users. Some of what they pulled in, like they pulled out phone numbers. Awesome, give me the click. Um, you know that's that's a win for me. I mean, give me the click because I'm a marketer, and if they just keep calling right off the listing page, I get no credit for this whatsoever. So, um, you know, glad they uh, glad they did that. What, what do you think? The drop to three. Do you think this is better or worse uh, I think, for marketers? I think it's better for those three businesses who are in the top three. <laughs> um, I'm not. How to say this? I'm I'm hot and cold on it. For marketers, if you if you're on your game. It's great for you because you're going to be one of the top three. Right. Um, what if there's 20 or 30 very good marketers working against you in a large urban area? Well, not, maybe not so good. For users, if these results are deadly accurate, it's excellent because users get lost in information. But I know myself using, using uh, maps as a service search engine or using Google as a service search engine and then you know, going, going to their mapping recommendations – um, in a city like Toronto, with, you know, there's like 7 million people in the greater Toronto area. Um, I actually find more, find more results more useful, given there's just that many more businesses in a very large city. Right. Right, so, I put it in the context of Victoria. It's not a big problem. <laughs> well, indeed. There's, well, there's uh, 250,000 people in the greater Victoria area. Yeah. Uh, well, 14 times that in the greater Toronto area. Um, no, sorry, make, uh, belay that. I'm not. I'm going to have a hard time doing the math because it's like base 14, but um, <laughs> there's a hell of a lot more in the Toronto area. And so the, 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 the larger the result set, the more likely the consumer is to find what they're looking for. But like you said, what they're displaying now might actually be better for web marketers because the consumer actually has to visit the site to get information. Um, there is that, and I, as a user, I, I totally get what you're saying. I'm in a, a smaller um, urban area, right? So I, I don't get hit with the same thing. Uh, personally, when I'm seeing a, a segment of three, um, that makes a, a lot more – it's a lot better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as as a user, right, it's a, it's a digestible amount of data. I did find when I was seeing seven at once, and they're all summary information. It's not even like the top ten where you get full information. Um, I, I did find it tended to – you know, I often just skip right past it, right? Which is obviously what a lot of people were doing, right? It's just like, okay, I'll just I'll just scroll down and hit the organic results, right, and, and and go from there rather than trying to filter through this. At least I can read a description tag or whatnot. So um, you you ask if it's uh, another way it's good for marketers. Anything that increase that creases, uh, increases the space that the organic SERPs are sitting in. <laughs> well, that's more more on page uh, real estate we can occupy, right? 
Well, exactly. Exactly. I, I think it's a great move. I mean, obviously, they've got data to support this. Right? I mean, you know, the, the folks at Google are, are pretty bright, I hear. Um, you know, they've obviously done some testing. Sometimes. They've obviously found that more users are, are like me um, and would, you know, look at seven and go, ah, oh, I'm just clouding over. Let's just drop down to the organics. Now, they've made the organic closer, if that's my option, easier to get to and given me a, a, a manageable, at a glance, bit of information rather than a map cluttered with seven. It's got three. I can see which one's closest to me and um, go to the organics pretty easy if, uh, if none of them work for me. So, You know, the real like question, it. the real question for marketers here is how do you become part of that three? How do you get into that top three? Do yeah. you get, and that's a question, actually, that we got to ask a guest we have coming on in a couple of weeks. Dave, Dave, you were talking to David Mim uh, yeah. from, you know, from Moz. He's like the director of local search strategy at Moz. Yes, he is. So, um, Here's somebody who I want to ask that question of. <laughs> and you know what? He, I, I hear they have a little bit of data that they may be able to uh, to share. I know he's he's responsible for a lot of Moz Local and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to having him on, um, asking some of these questions, seeing what they uh, what they have going on. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Yeah, well, well to, to confirm, um, because you know I'm a space cadet. What day do we have him coming on? Uh, it is on first week, uh, first Thursday in September. Okay, well, you know, David, just, you know, for your information, David, you're going to be on on the, the, the 1st Third. of September. Oh, I'm sorry. The 1st the of September. 3rd of September. There you go. I was looking at October. You're going to be on the 3rd of September on Webcology, David Mim, so you're warned. Be there, would you? <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but again, that's coming up in two weeks. Next week... We're going to be talking mobile and mobile app development, mobile app analytics, and mobile app you know just usage with uh, with Cindy Crum and Emily. Oh, you know what? I don't know her last name. I just know her. Yeah, Emily. that's what's stopping me. Sorry, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> and Emily, who's great and knows a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, they, they've been publishing uh, some 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 pretty good pieces over at uh, Search Engine Land, um, talking about uh, mobile app, how to rank your apps. Um, and that sort of thing. So I, I won't I won't get too far into it because I mean, let's be honest. Cindy forgets in a night more than I know about ranking mobile apps. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be absolutely great. And uh, you know what? When we come back, I know we got to take a, a break here shortly. When we come back, I will have Emily's last name. <laughs> Excellent. So we'll announce uh, Cindy Crum and the amazing Emily. Um, when we come back from break, but you know what? We got to do a break here on Web College, you know, Webmaster Radio on FM. It is the 13th of August, 2015. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Search Marketing. Stick around, friends. More Webcology after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. 
Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results. Providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world, The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio. T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Internet Marketing. And uh, it's the 13th of August, 2015. Dave, you know when, uh, say, you're using some GPS or you know, maybe even Google Google or Bing Maps and you get directed into a swamp? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but it's happened to some people, right? Otherwise- yeah, I mean, I tend to actually look up while I'm following the directions to make sure I don't walk into the swamp, but... But, yes. but you know, some people don't, and they end up in deep in a swamp. Anyway, <laughs> every once in a while, maps have to change... Things change, stuff moves around, new roads are built, new buildings are built, you know, they just have to, new bridges are built, new bridges are, old bridges are washed out, stuff happens. The, uh, a tectonic shift has happened in the map of our childhoods. Sesame Street's moved. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Where did it go? As of, uh, as of this autumn, Sesame Street has moved to HBO. After being at PBS for 45 years, five-year deal between uh, well, the uh, Children's Television Workshop or Sesame Street Workshop, um, which is actually a Disney corporation, and HBO. Um, yeah, so that I decided to find that kind of stunning. Sesame Street is moving networks. Ah, the no, the the the, the, yeah, the sounds I- of my childhood. Yeah, my concern has to be, have you ever watched HBO? I don't even want to know what they're going to do to Sesame Street. You know well, I know. Like, it tickled the Elmo way. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> That's kind of weird, dudes. Um, and, you know, like, Cookie Monster has no self-control. Big Bird is a closet closet addict. Um, I have no idea who's going to get pistol whipped by Ernie. <laughs> in one of his psychotic rages. <laughs> and But, you know, the cool thing about Sesame Street moving to HBO is they can finally, finally explore how evil Bert really is. <laughs> Anybody out there who hasn't ever done this, I urge you, go 
pull up your favorite search engine, be it Google, be it Bing, be it DuckDuckGo, or even Yahoo, and type in Bert is evil. Yeah, he's that kind of evil. <laughs> um, you'll yeah, what see. I gotta say is, is, uh, is funny about your last name, Jim, is, uh, is you had said, be it Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo, or even Yahoo. That's right, in your hierarchy of search engines, <laughs> Yahoo comes in behind DuckDuckGo with a, or even... I'm, I'm sorry, Marissa. It's just the way it is, you know? It's not my fault. It's not Dave's fault. I blame Jerry Yang myself, but, you know, that's how it is. Yep, world turned upside down. HBO now has Sesame Street for the next five years. It's going to re-air on PBS. So if you don't want your kids, if you want your kids seeing the, you know, the uh, rated G version. <laughs> um, okay, no, no, you know what? I don't think we're going to see a lot of nudity on Sesame Street, besides which. I mean, like, you know, there's so much. There's, they're all covered in fur, so you really can't see anything anyway, right? <laughs> they did go to Fraggle Rock back in the day. Say what? Fraggle Rock was on HBO. Oh, oh, I thought you said they brought Fraggle Rock back. Well, that no. would have changed everything. No, no. The but show would a... have ended right now when I went and got a subscription. No, but there's a legacy for HBO. They did they did produce Fraggle Rock for a number of years, 30 years ago. Well, yeah, but that was back when their actors, like, you know, were clothed. <laughs> you know? You and see... don't get me wrong. I've got nothing against um, 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 naked actors on HBO. i got no problem with it. I just think it's kind of weird for Sesame Street. If you look out on Twitter, there's some really funny Burton Ernie like caricatures of True Detective, which are pretty good. <laughs> a, a show that is actually less interesting than Sesame Street, True Detective, season two. I liked it. <laughs> I thought Vince Vaughn was a hell of a heel. Yeah. Okay. I, it's not as good as season one. Yes, but I did like season two, and I went through it just fine. I, I just can't beat your last sentence. Vince Vaughn, VV, and Hell of a Heel, HH. Like, two uses of alliteration in the same sentence. Like, I, I, I'm speech. I can't beat that. Brandy would be so proud of me. <laughs> the alliteration. Splish. Um, okay. We should get back to search, eh? I just, I just found that. I had to mention it. I think ah. that's, you know, that, that, that's a geek story because we were all raised on Sesame Street, right? We were indeed. Okay. So... There's speculation out there that Wikipedia is being penalized by Google. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, here's the deal. Wikipedia has been measured to have lost a good deal of traffic, um, you know, say 12%, which in Wikipedia's case amounts to, say, 250 million desktop visits. Mm-hmm. They had, at the beginning of June, switched from HTTP to HTTPS, which we know because, you know, you're basically introducing a whole bunch of new URLs to Google system. Yeah. We know that will cause a short-term ranking drop, usually in the range of 8 to 12%, <laughs> which, you know, obviously should, should fix itself over time. Right. So is there really a, uh, a penalty being applied to Wikipedia or is Wikipedia just, you know, Filtering through just like everybody else had to. When did you did you do a switch to HTTPS? Yep, yep, you I did, did. Oh. and and I took I took the hit. 
you know, we we all do. Um, and yeah, it takes. You know what? Actually, I was going to say it takes a couple weeks. Like I know I've got clients. I you know I've worked on audits where you know and some of them recently where I've been like, okay, but you know not right now or not. You know, here's when you want to do these things if they have a, a seasonal twist to them or you know the mm-hmm. sites themselves or whatnot. Um, yeah, you just you know that's coming. Um, just because your Wikipedia doesn't mean you get to get around just the functioning of, of a search engine and and its crawlers. Um, so. Yeah, I, I and and to use the word penalty, it's like no, a this happens to everybody. So yeah. no. <laughs> um, one of the things I do um, feel for them on, uh, you know, obviously is is losing. You know, it's like I'm sorry, you're not more equal than others. You're just like the rest of us. Like I'm sure if you know they got dropped from the index, Google would help them get back pretty fast. They are one of the you expect to see them theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's. Just, just the way of, of these things. I'm surprised they didn't know it. <laughs> sort of going in and just sort of go, yeah, well, we're going to take a hit for a bit. And you know what? On a site that massive, it may be a little bit, right? Like, well, indeed. It, There's again, uh, I have no idea how many Wikipedia pages there are. But a lot. Sorry, but a lot. Yeah, guessing a hell of a lot. Yeah, like a metric um, heck of a lot. So yeah, a twelve percent drop in desktop visits will equate to as uh, similar web. Uh, similar web did a, a study on Wikipedia over the last month. They noted about two hundred and fifty million desktop visits are not going to Wikipedia, which is substantial. But again, and I think this is you know the reason I brought this story up is I think it's a, an instructive one. Google. And, and Bing as well want us to switch to HTTPS. They want to create a more secure environment. Um, I hate when people call during the show. <laughs> they want us to create a much more secure environment. But but when you do, you're going to again. You're going to introduce what are basically new URLs, same site structure. Like Google and Bing will figure it out but they have to worm their way through a whole new series of uh, page references of URLs, and they got to yeah. figure it out, and it will take time to do that. Well, that's it, and I think something that, that's helpful for people to, to understand when, when these things are going on, or if you're, you know, if our listeners are thinking about switching their site over, is when a site, the, the size of Wikipedia, the problem gets amplified, but we're not just dealing with it being cached at HTTPS. We're then also dealing with the recalculation of the internal linking structure. So when you've got a site the size of Wikipedia with a massive internal linking structure, you're not just waiting for that time frame for Google to go, oh, okay, this page is at HTTPS now. You're actually having to wait, and Jim, I know you know this, but this is for our listeners, for Google to actually refactor in the entire linking structure of this site. Like, yes, they're, they're good at it, and they do it very, very rapidly, but there's a couple different stages here. It's not just a matter of submit your you know, site map in there. That's great. That's going to help. It'll help them find it and help them figure out that your internal linking structure has changed. But they still need to factor all that in. Um, and, and that does, does take a delay. So you know, for our listeners who might be thinking about doing it, yeah, it's great. You're going to need to do it eventually. Find your low time in the year and get it done when you can take a hit for a couple weeks. But uh, you know, depending on your on your site size, if it's the size of Wikipedia's, you know, it might be more than a couple weeks. But um, you know, there it's a really complicated thing they're doing, and so yeah, it, it makes sense that 
you take a bit of a hit. Um, something else to remember while this all happens is that you're probably dealing with the 301 redirect. We know a little bit of your your weight is stripped off on a redirect. I do wonder whether they make an exception in a HTTP to HTTPS they, scenario. They, 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 as far as I can tell, they do not. On the stripping of the page, they don't make an exception for it, or they don't? No, they, they do not make an exception for it. A 301 is a 301, and right. just by function, you're going to lose a little bit of juice. You're going to lose a bit. And, I mean, that part is a shame. At the same time, you've got the advantage of being on HTTPS as a signal. So I, I've just always kind of hoped, and, and I assume it is, it was such a small amount lost in a 301. You know, they, they've got to come pretty close to, to balancing out. Um you know, if you want to hedge your bets, of course, find all those people linking to you and get them to switch their link over to HTTPS. If it's something you're planning for down the road, why not take the short-term hit? I know I've done this for a, for a few clients where we're, we're planning on, on switching over to HTTPS, but not yet. Start building links to the HTTPS. Reverse the 301. Build links where they're going to be, not where, where they are now. Anyway, just a quick tip for people who may be planning on it down the road but not ready to make the switch now. Uh, do your uh, do your redirect the opposite way. Move everything over from HTTPS over, but you can start building links to the HTTPS. So when you switch over, you're not you're losing the weight for the short term on this little bit of on the 301, rather than the long term on on any current activities you're you've got going on. Anyway, quick tip. I know that wasn't really where we were going with that, but yeah, very clever though. Very clever. Now that I mean that's a timing strategy too, eh? Well, exactly, exactly. I mean, if I was switching to HTTPS tomorrow. I wouldn't really worry about it. But if we're switching to HTTPS in January and I know yep. I've got some good link building efforts going on right now, yep. you know, I, I'd, I'd rather take the hit in the short term. Have you written uh, that up anywhere? That's, that's actually that's, that's a nifty little piece of advice. Oh, I probably haven't. Actually, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what? Out of the you're, bag. You're, you're giving me a, a great idea for, uh, for uh, maybe I'll, I'll mention something about little quick tips. On, uh, on link strategies for uh, for my next article over at, I don't know, one of the many places that we all publish articles, or maybe, crazy, uh, just on our own blog. Yeah, I don't know. Not the old yeah, I need to blog. I mean, I got terrible. I used to love writing to my own blog, and now I just it's boring. <laughs> no one's going to read this. Screw More it. More fun to write for other people. Well, I mean, because people will read <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, um, this is the web. Stuff happens. Sometimes the Webmaster Radio site is down, and I get this idea that we're, no one's listening live. And that just sort of takes the wind out of the sails, right? Well, same thing with writing. I like, I like writing in places where I know it's going to get read rather than posting it on my blog and building some page rank and, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> getting like 40 or 50 visitors in a day for it. <laughs> Publishing over yeah. at the SEM Post, at Search Engine Land, over at Momentology, you know, that's going to get you hundreds, thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of readers a day. Yeah, well, exactly. Way more exciting. Yeah, no, it, it, it is more exciting. And, you know, obviously there's that part that we all love, right? Like, and here's me, right, over somewhere else, right? I mean, that's just, that's just kind of fun, so. Indeed. Um, okay, last thing on HTTPS, um, Gary Ellis, who is, um, you know, from want of a better word, uh, and sorry, Gary. Sorry, Matt. You guys are totally different people. But Gary is uh, Matt, basically. Gary's the guy at Google who's uh, coming out and saying, well, this is what's really going on, no matter what John said. Uh, he's saying this is what's really going on. Um, if In the case, all things being equal between an HTTP and an HTTPS site, the HTTPS site is going to win out. That said... Most sites are not exactly equal in a algorithm as complicated as Google's. 
Um, speaking of somebody who says, no matter what John Mueller says, <laughs> <laughs> um, we got a problem. I don't know. I mean, it's like, don't get me wrong. I like John Mueller. Yeah. I've met, I've met him a couple times and I like the guy, but we got a problem. Um, John, and you and me were talking about this before the show. You were, you know, you're, you're, you're quite correctly suggesting that John is an engineer and talks like one. <laughs> but, um, you know, a little bit of misdirection and sleight of hand can go a long way. can go a long way bad. In, in uh, sometimes I just don't think John's giving good advice. <laughs> Case in point, the uh, controversy this week over an article that appeared in the SEM Post. And I'd say actually the first one in an entire year that wrote, that rose the hairs on the back of my neck, where John Mueller was quoted to say technical problems are not an SEO ranking factor. What did you think about that? Um, you know, yeah, you and I, I did have a quick, and, and as we do, like we had a quick chat and then we both like quickly put the brakes on, right? Because we keep doing that. We'll talk ahead of time and. Well, come on at me. What do you think? Um, reading through the entire thing, and it's important to put everything into context and also understand that well, there's there's two things about John that are that are pretty important to understand. And, and there's you know comparisons to say Matt, uh, Matt cuts right, and and how things were going. Let's remember that Matt did his, and and he created videos uh, that had been sort of prefabricated, like they'd been decided ahead of time exactly what he was going to say, and then he made a video. That's great. I yeah. have no problem with that. Whereas John speaking off the cuff and hangouts. Yep. Um, so it's it's you know it's like a Q and A panel. It, you know, if you don't catch it in its right context, you can come across wrong. I'm sure you know you, me, whoever we could you know grab two or three sentences out of like an answer that I give at a conference, and just that two or three sentences, and I'm going to be wrong. Uh, you know, you could you could catch me being wrong even when I might be right or or whatnot because in the full thing, um, he's actually also quoted as saying it's not that we would count technical issues against the site, which is an important distinction when it comes to rankings, but rather that these technical issues can cause technical problems that can result in things not being processed optimally. So it's not that technical issues can't cause you problems. It's that technical issues themselves don't cause the problems. It's that if technical issues get in front of their crawlers or cause valuation on on page flow or something uh, to kick in, then all of a sudden the the problem can be there. It's not that a 404 page is causing a penalty. It's that, well, now you've lost the link in, and so you're losing link weight. It's not the 404 is not the problem. The problem is you're losing link weight. You know, just to, to list a simple example there, right? We've all seen those. You go into a backlink profile, and it's like, wow, you got like hundreds of links here to pages that are dead because they linked old pages on your you know on your old site or whatnot. Um, so the, the, the 404 isn't the problem. It's the link weight passing that's that's the problem. So he is technically. Um, I, I actually completely agree with what John was saying. He's spot on right, but. I do sympathize with folks coming in and, and sort of reading it who may not, you know, you've been listening to Matt Cutts and, and Google engineers for dec- over a decade, right? So have I, so have a, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, we all know you really need to read into this, what they're meaning to say. And if you don't, that can come across wrong. I think John speaks like an engineer yeah, um, no. and it doesn't always come across right. And the thing is also worth remembering uh, is, is he is speaking on the fly. He was asked a question. He answered it to the best of his ability. Technically, he's actually right. It's just the way the nuances may come out 
And, um, and, and what, he, what he basically said, Dave, is on behalf of Google to webmasters, it's not you, baby, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's never a helpful response. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a valid point. I mean, you know, I, I like him. I do think anytime Google opens their mouth, you know, and, and maybe less than the people need to learn, right? Anytime Google opens their mouth, think, A, what are they not saying? B, let's put this into a, like I'm a programmer mode, right? Where everything's in the context of if-then-else statements, right? And, well, and actually read what's being said and go, if it's this, then this. But, you know, actually putting in all the different parameters and, and permutations in there. He did try to say, I, I honestly believe, I think John was trying to say the right thing. He actually came out with the right thing. It's just the, the way things were put into context. Well, again, uh, I, I think it's confusing for some. 90% of the time when someone says to you, it's not you, baby, it's me, it really is you. <laughs> it is. And here's, here's where, I, like you said, if you're causing problems, or if, I'm sorry, if your website is causing problems, the structure, or you have a bunch of 404s, so you're losing, losing a little bit of energy, um, uh, uh, you have, say, something, another screw up on the basics, the same title or same meta description across all pages, or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Whatever, either minor SEO or completely dumb technical problem, if you cause an impediment to Google or Bing's bots moving through your website, and it's harder for them to suss out what exactly your website's all about, your website will not rank as well. It's simple as that. The, 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 the website you're being compared to that is much easier for Google to go through and, extra- and extract information from mm-hmm. and provide answers to the, to the searching public, that one will rank better. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's not Google. It's you, baby. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dave, I wish I could give you a, a time to respond, but we do got to take a break. We, we actually we pushed over where we were supposed to go in this segment. I, I blame Mueller myself. <laughs> So um, on, on behalf of you, Dave, Dave Davies from uh, BSOC Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 13th of August, 2015. Stick around. We've got more coming up after this break. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 13th of August, 2015, and since I'm talking a little bit faster, as you can probably tell, we're at the tail end of the show with a whole bunch of stuff we want to talk about and just not enough time to talk about. <laughs> I gotta go back to the well again, Dave. I'm sorry. All right. The article from uh, Search Engine Roundtable yesterday, user a- Google, user actions on your website are not a ranking factor. <laughs> Again, John Mueller, in a Google Hangout, speaking off the top of his head, said something that I just, sorry, I've done, I'm, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what he said is, I don't think we even see what people are doing on your website. If they can't see it, they can't use it as a ranking factor. But Google gives us so much information about what people do on our websites. Like, come on. Yeah. Time on site, the filling in of a form, the completion of an action, getting a conversion, um, moving from one page to another page. These are all signals that show Google that this website is useful to the public. Google has said repeatedly that these are factors. They might be they might be direct factors in the algorithm, but user interaction has always been said to be a factor. Mm-hmm. WTF, dude. Like dot WTF. Well, it's my job to step in and defend John again. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody's gotta play the devil's advocate, otherwise this show would be pretty boring, wouldn't it? I know uh, I saw John as Satan, but now that you mention it. <laughs> you know what? I and I, I actually <laughs> I do think, and once again, we hit that. From an engineer's standpoint, oh, I think he's right. Um, the, the, the problem they'll hit if they're trying to use, say, Google Analytics, right, as, as, as a metric, is you'd be comparing apples to oranges in a lot of cases, right? You'll, you'll have this data on site A. You'll have no data on site B because they use, I don't know, Ostats or something. I don't know. I'm just picking like an antiquated one. Uh, you know, you, you've got essentially two sets of data that are that are one's available, one isn't. You, Google can't use that in that way as, as a signal. Do I think they use analytics to understand what a good site looks like? For sure. But do I think they would use it as a function in the algorithm knowing full well they only have complete data in one case and not in another and may actually end up having to penalize a site for installing Google Analytics um, if they did? I don't. However... <laughs> that said, to that is, um, we do know, and, and you've seen it. You know, look at the URL you're actually clicking on in Google. You know, copy that URL and paste it into Notepad, and you will see what that URL is. It's not a direct link to your site. Right? This is a tracking 
code that Google is using to understand when that user clicks. So do I think Google actually cares what a person's doing at my site? Not really. They just want to know that that user had the experience that they were looking to have the query that they entered. That's really what they're doing. If they didn't, they need to be, your site needs to be punished. Now, does Google need to look at my analytics? No, that would give uneven signals. But, and this is, this is opinion, this is not, but when I click on a Google result, Google knows my query, then they know I clicked on site A. Google also knows the next time I'm back at Google. So if I'm back at Google 15 seconds later, they know. And now they can, they can extrapolate from that 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 wasn't necessarily but, a good result. Okay, but, but nobody was claiming that Google is, is like going through each website's analytics to try to figure a web, uh, web ranking factor. It's like, no, no, but... It, but Indeed, the information, like you said, when you click on a Google link, you get this whole long tracking code. You've got the twenty sixteen or the twenty thirty two cookie in your uh, <laughs> on your computer already. Um, like Google does track user interaction with websites to help make up its mind whether, as you said, whether it's a quality experience or not a quality experience. Right. So no, then, then they they also use that same information to create the information we see in Google Analytics or Google Search Console. Right. So, um, but to claim that it's not a ranking factor, well, I mean, again, uh, is time on site a ranking factor? Number of page number of pages looked at. Um, uh, time on page itself, maybe not for the entire website, but for that page, I would submit that yes, indeed, how long a user on average stays on that page will become part of the part of a ranking factor for that page. I, I can't see how it isn't. No, and you know what? I, I completely agree. I think what ended up, and I, you know, I have to, I have to guess here. I think what ended up happening is a question was asked a very specific way to John. Yeah. I think John actually ended up from from the way the the answer is framed. I think he actually ended up answering a slightly different question than he was being asked because they do have in the question and it was just part of a series of questions that were asked in succession in the question as you know as as it was posted. Um, I think he was answering the first question, do they look at things like filling out a form or a conversion? Mm-hmm. I think that's the question he was answering. Um, or a user spends time reading a blog article. I think that's the part he actually got sort of ejected up. But that's not part they need analytics for. That's part all they need to do is just monitor what the user's doing on their site, and they'll understand. Do I yeah. think Google actually cares? Like if somebody clicks through to my site, reads, you know, only spends 45 seconds there. It's a quick, you know, 200-word blog post, but at the end of it, it has a link to a press release or something like that. And then the user's off reading that press release and isn't back at Google for another, like, six minutes. Do I think Google is going to punish me for the fact that they were only at my site for 45? No, the query was answered. The user got exactly what they wanted, got entertained for like six minutes or something. So I think from that context, that's where the measurement really comes in. And again, folks, this is personal opinion. This is not – this is my personal take on it. This is not me going, I know 100% this is a valid clarification because we're disagreeing and I think both have their – have merits and how it's taken at the end of the day though isn't this an awesome one like we're both in whether john's right whether you're right whether i'm right isn't this awesome because at the end of the day what do you need to do with your website get yourself a good user experience and have titles and descriptions that attract clicks well, right? like, at, <laughs> at the end of the day what you and i personally will do we may disagree or disagree how google's measuring what but at the end of the day and john even covers that at the end of the day just create a good user experience because that's what you're trying to do anyway. You're trying to convert. It doesn't matter yeah. whether it's used as a metric. <laughs> that's the target anyway. It should be your only metric. You know? How many conversions you're getting. 
You know how else this, uh, this, this conversation is instructed for webmasters? It proves. Dave, you and I have been in this business, like, forever. We're dinosaurs in this business. <laughs> we, you know, we've, I, you and I have read a lot about Google and Google ranking factors and all that stuff. And the truth is, and we're going to say right up, neither you or I know for sure what is and is not a ranking factor. We have extremely well-educated guesses, but, you know, nobody knows. And I think in many ways um, there's some Google engineers who don't either. Yeah. So, you know, nobody. That's what I was trying to explain this to, to a client the other day. There is no hard right answer in SEO except, as you said, create a better user experience. Well, Answer their questions. Make it easy to get from point A to point X, Y, Z. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, you know what? We're talking about ranking factors. Something We don't have time to, to talk about this at all. Um, something that our, our listeners should know is out there. If you head over to Moz um, just a few days ago. Actually, yeah, yeah. Days ago, yeah, they launched their uh, annual search engine ranking factors. So the 2015 version is out there, 150 um, search marketers polled. They sort of take what everybody thinks the factors are, merges them into one, um, create some great, great, great and, and interesting um, data on what the majority of people are feeling um, are, are the core ranking factors. Coming in at number one is domain-level linking features. I couldn't possibly do justice. Um, so just highly recommended reading for, uh, for anybody who cares about ranking. So we'll call that our, our listening audience. Okay, and uh, a little bit of housekeeping here. Next week, we have Cindy Crum and Emily Grossman. Um, Emily, horrible, horrible of us. So sorry. We're fools. <laughs> but it's okay. You get used to that around here. So, you know. <laughs> but, but listeners, seriously, tune in next week. Mobile and mobile apps are, um, well, they are part of the digital marketing future. Uh, actually, my, my, my business partner is doing a, uh, a really interesting um, project with one of the local transportation authorities and their use of apps. I just had this great phone conversation this morning. He explained their use of apps to me. Something I'll bring up with, uh, with Cindy and Emily next week because it's terribly interesting. Uh, you'll want to tune in to Webcology next week. Dave, we're out of time. It happens. It happens uh, at least once a week. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm on the 13th of August, 2015. Friends, stick around WebmasterRadio.fm. There's great content coming up after the news. We'll talk to you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.